Hey, Hillcrest, glad to continue this morning worshiping together. And, uh, and I have a, a guy joining me this morning as, as we're going to go through this tension together. I want to introduce him to you. His name's Ryan Horsberger. And, uh, and if you remember our interim pastor, Graham Blakey, uh, Ryan was a great friend of Graham's. Uh, he's got four kids and just added a fifth. And so uh, what's that been like, the, the world of five kids? Uh, it's, a, it's a party uh, whenever I'm home, right? Whenever everybody's home, it's a party whether I want a party or not. There is lots of excitement and energy. Um, it's been a delight. And so I felt like in order to keep up with Ryan, since Ryan was growing his family, I was like, we, I guess we need to add one. Um, so I, it's been a blast getting to know Ryan over the past year. Do you have a highlight, one memory, one conversation that you remember uh, of the, the two of us? Yeah, I mean, we just talked about it, right? The first time you were at our house, um, I, you let me like cover your head in whipped cream and all the kids that were there threw cheese balls at your head. It was quite a delight. And if anybody wants, I do have photos. <laughs> it's delightful. And I think I shared, we built a playset. So just COVID happened and we decided not to go on our uh, two-week trip to California. Instead, we did a staycation and we used some of those resources to buy the kids a playset. And, um, and I don't know if my gift is in uh, the details. And so instead, Ryan came over and uh, helped create a wonderful foundation for the playset. But the problem is, the very first thing that I tried to put on, autonomous from Ryan helping me, I got stuck and I was frustrated for like two hours. And then Ryan came back and helped with a few other things to tweak. So, so excited to have Ryan doing this with us this morning. And, uh, and so, uh, Ryan, j just for you, we've been doing this series on tensions. W what's this series on tensions been like for you? Mm. Yeah, I would, I would say it's, it's like buying tuna fish at Woodman's. Uh, it, 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 it breaks my brain. And have you been to Woodman's yet, David? I have not. Yeah, I so it's the, it's the world's largest grocery store, essentially. And you go there, and they have the tuna fish aisle, right? So I'm analytical, and, and, and I want the best value per ounce. Mm -hmm. But I've got to look at, you know, 50 or 70 different cans of tuna and the chunk and the different sizes and... It just melts my brain, and that's kind of what this series has been like because, mm. uh, you know, mm. we're examining things and we're saying, is God the righteous judge mm. or is he Abba Father? Is, is, is the Bible written uh, by humans mm. or, or is it divine? And it seems so often that the answer to the either-or questions uh. is yes. Uh. So that's kind of what it's been like. Uh. And so we're going to press into another one this morning that, that's rooted in um, the humanity and divinity of Jesus, that, that we believe that Jesus was both fully God and fully man. And so the specific tension we're going to wrestle with today is, uh, is, is about, about Jesus' ability to have been tempted or was he unable to be tempted? And so, Ryan, I, I just want to ask you this question. Can you tell me a, of a story in your life that emphasized someone uh, wrestling in their time of temptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Aaron and I, my wife Aaron and I, uh, lead a life group, and and you get to see the joys and the sorrows of people going through life. And there's been several times where uh, somebody, a couple, has come and they they're, they're tempted with divorce and they're mm. they're really hurting. And you you want to uh, listen and pray and counsel, um, but they see their worst times, right? And they see maybe not your worst times. And yep. it's easier for them to think, 
um, that we have it all go together, right? But I just need to tell you, I mean, my wife's husband is a sinner. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> He's tough. Uh. And, uh, and so sometimes when you share a little piece of that with, with people, right, it helps them uh, feel hope. Right? It helps you relate to them. You can have empathy for their situation because on some levels you have been there, but yet they have hope for the future. And they, that vulnerability that you share can increase the depth of the relationship in a mm. way that, you know, I have a friend who, mm. um, you know, has struggles with alcoholism. And that isn't mm. my particular struggle, though I have many. Mm. Um, and it's difficult, right? I can't quite understand the depth of the temptation in a way that maybe their sponsor could, mm. for instance. Mm. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we're hoping to try and tackle today, that as we wrestle with the temptations of Jesus, we actually think there's going to be a deep implication for, for even how we live our lives. So, so let me read the text for us this morning. We're going to try and uh, spend some time circling around a few texts, but land in Luke 4 where Jesus is tempted. And here's, uh, here's, here's what the text says. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry, and the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed for him until an opportune time. So Ryan, tell me this. I mean, why is wrestling with this tension? Jesus, who is fully God and, and yet fully man, why is wrestling with this tension so important? Yeah, yeah, that's a great, I mean, I think there's a couple things in there. Um, one, if we don't, if we don't wrestle with that, I think that we could miss out on the depth of relationship, right? Mm. I mean, if we, if we only, it's, it's easy for us to imagine um, Jesus and God as, as the Almighty, right? That is, it's easy, we can see that a lot. Mm. And it, it's a little bit harder, I think, for us to think about Jesus as somebody who was tempted, mm. who, who really knew what it was like. I mean, obviously, if we think of suffering on the cross, but to really know what it was like to be human. Mm. And when you have a Savior who can empathize with you, who has been through the struggles of life, Mm -hmm. There's a depth of the relationship, I think, that you can get from that. Mm. Um, and then secondly, just more practically, right? Uh, temptation is real. Um, it, mm. We see that its effects every day. We see how it destroys lives. Satan is real. Um, 1 Peter 5.8 talks about how he prowls about like a lion looking for something to devour. Mm. And in John 10.10, we, we hear about that he comes to uh, steal and kill and destroy. Mm. And so, I mean, that kind of sounds like a big deal. And if we're supposed to be uh, imitating Christ, right? if we're supposed to be following after Christ, mm. uh, which the scripture tells us we're supposed to do, um, and Jesus encountered temptation, man, I want to know, know how he handled it because mm. I feel like I need to be equipped as well. 
That's good. So, so here's where we're headed. For those very two reasons that you just heard Ryan espouse, in order to enhance our understanding and experience of Jesus' loving sacrifice and to increase our confidence as we face the things in this life, you can hear as we face the temptations in this life, it is critical that we wrestle with the temptations of Jesus. So pray with me as we try and get into this tension a little more fully this morning. God, you're so good. Uh, thank you for Ryan, his heart, his passion. Um, even in this, 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 this area of life, this tension. Uh, reveal yourself this morning. Help us see you and your character a little more fully as we wrestle with, with Jesus, your humanity and your divinity. Thank you, Jesus, for your glory we pray. Amen. Amen. And, and so you hear that tension. H how do we wrestle with Jesus being tempted and yet not tempted. And so here's how the tension works out for me in three primary questions. First, can God be tempted? What's at the fundamental idea of this tension is that Jesus is fully God and fully man. So Jesus, being fully God, can God be tempted? No, we don't actually believe God can be tempted. Here's, here's where we get that from. That in James 1.13, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. That, that our God is so holy, other, righteous, and, and, and apart from evil, he doesn't even have the capacity to be tempted. Doesn't he have the ability to be tempted? And yet, just like we just said, is Jesus God? The answer I hope you hear, yes. We believe that Jesus was fully God. And one of my favorite books of the Bible, John, I love John because John says this. Right off the bat, he, he's saying something radical about what's taking place. That in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And then he's going to tell us who that Word is. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We believe God became a man and dwelt among us. And it's one of the most profound realities in the cosmos that God became a man. And so we wrestle. Can God be tempted? We unequivocally answer no. And is Jesus God? We again answer wholeheartedly Yes, this is God with us. So then the question is, was Jesus able to be tempted? Maybe you're thinking yes or no. I don't know what you're thinking right now. But we say yes. We read in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews tells us this, and I don't know who you think wrote Hebrews, but here's what the author of Hebrews tells us. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers. He, being Jesus, had to be made like his brothers in every respect. What's that mean, in every respect? We believe that Jesus was fully man. It wasn't just God who took on a body but, but no longer wrestled. We see Jesus being hungry and thirsty in every respect so that what? so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people, that he was fully man in every way we are. For, because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being 
tempted. The author of Hebrew goes on in verse 15 of chapter 4. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are and yet without sin. And, and, and here's the fundamental idea about temptation for me. That if you're truly tempted, that means you actually have the capacity to give in to whatever you're being tempted by. And yet simultaneously, the God of the universe has no ability to be tempted. Oh, one question for you. How's that work? How's that work? And here's where that tension begins to bubble up in my life. Because in our attempt to solve that tension, where God is both, where Jesus is both fully God with no ability to be tempted and yet tempted in every way we are yet without sin, in our attempt to solve that, we run the risk of coming to inaccurate conclusions of this tension when we expand one nature, his humanity, or one nature, his divinity, beyond the appropriate boundary that scripture gives us. That what we end up doing is elevating one attribute or one characteristic of God and inevitably diminish the other. That in our attempt to say, well, he could have sinned, we're elevating his humanity. But in saying he couldn't have sinned, we're elevating his divinity. And we're not actually wrestling with that mind-blowing tension. So, so here's, here's where I, I would love you to jump in, Ryan. Help us wrestle with what it might look like when we try and apply or live out this tension that exists within Jesus' humanity and his divinity. Yeah, wow. Well, thank you, David. Uh, what a, a, a wonderfully softball uh, setup there. <laughs> just no, yeah, just knock that out of the park. <laughs> uh, I think the, probably the best way to proceed uh, would be, of course, of course, to make a smoothie. And um, I know that you, Obviously. I know that you care, uh, you know, you just maintain your, your physique is very important, of course, just to be healthy. Um, and so I thought, you know, I've got a zucchini from my garden and uh, some beets. I mean, I think that would be delicious. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, and, but I thought, you know, I thought the, the problem with that is if we have this, this is 100% beet, right? This is 100% zucchini. And yet something about, if I, if I put them in the blender, what I'm going to get is gross mush. <laughs> right? I'm not going to get what, maybe what I had hoped is something that's 100% beet, 100% zucchini. It's going to be gross. But I, I'm still, by the way, I'm totally willing to make you a beet zucchini I'll be okay. Smoothie. Thank you. I'll pass. I will pass. Okay. Thank you, though. I mean, and then I was just thinking, too, like, you know, maybe it's more like uh, art, right? And if I take red paint and I take yellow paint, and I mix them, I'm going to get orange paint, right? But, but that, is, that also isn't 100% red and 100% yellow. Mm. That is something new. It is a third thing, this, this orange paint. And, and God, uh, you know, Jesus is not like this third thing, a mixture of, of humanity and divinity. He is 100% human, 100% divine, and, and it's crazy. Theologians, I mean, they come up with this, $5 word, hypostatic union, to describe mm. kind of what it means. Um, but essentially, he's both at the same time, and, and, and it, it can be mind-boggling, right? And maybe, mm. maybe right now you say, okay, I hear what you're saying. I hear what David said. 
I believe what you're saying, mm -hmm. but my mind is like in the tuna aisle at mm -hmm. Woodman's right now. It's just like, I don't quite get it. Um, and that's okay, right? Mm -hmm. because, because we can be in awe of God. We can live in that tension. We can say, Jesus, you know, he thirsted. Mm. He was hungry. He uh, slept. He got tired and weary. Also, he could raise people from the dead. And he walked on water and he lived a perfect life. I mean, mm. that is a mind-boggling tension to wrestle mm. in, but that is such an important place to be. And in some ways, it actually makes sense that we wouldn't be able to understand it because mm. how presumptuous of us as the creation mm. to think that we could fully understand the creator, mm. right? But we can still take comfort in knowing that he has been here. He understands that struggle and he knows what it's like. So, I mean, there's that aspect, but I also think that we need to think a little bit about how he handled temptation. Mm. And I want to look at a few things from the text. Uh, we were in, the text is Luke 4. See, I think we've got that next. Luke 4, and I want to just make some observations, right? So, if we look at Luke 4, um, chapter, or chapter 4, just verse 3 right there, it says the devil said, right? I mean, I mean, Satan is real. So that's like a first observation from the text. Um, the second thing that I want to just call out before we kind of get into it a little bit is that temptation isn't sin, mm. right? We just said that Jesus was tempted. Jesus didn't sin. So some temptation itself isn't sin. Now, you can go further and let your mind wander and go all sorts of places, right? Jesus has talked about that, about where you can go in your mind, but temptation itself isn't sin, mm. Um, and then notice when Satan tempts Jesus, right? It says right here in verse 2, for 40 days being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry, which may be sort of the understatement of the year, right? He, he was hungry, 40 days. Uh, <laughs> so Satan tempts Jesus, and often I think he tempts us when we're humanly in our weakness, right? Those are important things. And I want to also just call to attention, how did Jesus handle that temptation? What did he do? Mm. Um, one thing he didn't do, right? He didn't do what we're super good at, rationalization. Right? I'm like the king of rationalization. Uh, you know, he could have said, you know, Satan says to him, you're the son of God, you're super hungry. Jesus could have said, well, well the father doesn't want me to die. I'm 100% human. If I die, what, how, how am I going to fulfill, mm. you know, my purpose? He didn't go there. He didn't say, well, what difference would it make if I threw myself off the Temple Mount? I'm God. That's not going to make a difference. No, he, he didn't go there. He did a very specific thing, and you can see that in verse 4. Satan calls Jesus, and, and Jesus says, he uses scripture. He says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, right? And then there's a couple more um, times that Satan tempts him, and and Jesus again responds with scripture in verse 8. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Mm. Right? And then the third time, plot twist, Jesus <laughs> answers with scripture. But, but, Satan actually tempts Jesus with scripture. He misuses scripture to tempt Jesus. And that, I think, is super insidious. Because, mm. you know, if we don't know the word well, 
and somebody, is, you know, Satan is using Scripture to tempt us, we could be fooled. Hmm. And so I think a big takeaway for us is seeing how Jesus resisted Scripture, hmm. right? Uh, not resisted Scripture, resisted Satan. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you, right? Hmm. And that's what we see in verse 13. The devil hmm. took off, hmm. right? So Jesus resisted Satan using Scripture, and, and that's something that we can do, right? But if we're hmm. not spending time in the word, if we're not committing it to memory, mm. right? In the midst of our temptation, when we're weak, when we're, uh, you know, tempted by, by, by you know, choosing sin, that's, that's not the time when we're going to be going off and saying, oh, let me just see what scripture says, right? Mm. What we need then is what is in us is what's going to come out of us, mm. what's in our heart. And so that's why mm. committing scripture to memory is such a crucial piece. And we can see Jesus doing that model um, Chuck Swindoll, one of my favorite preachers, said that he knows of no other spiritual discipline that plays, pays such dividends as memorizing scripture. And there's a, a, a free Bible memory app. It's just called Bible Memory. It's a great app for that. Um, the second thing that I think we can do if we're just being practical is we can get the heck out of there. Hmm. Right? I mean, uh, we see that all over scripture. Uh, in Genesis 39, for example, there's the, I, the uh, story of Joseph, right? And Joseph is being uh, enticed by Potiphar's wife. Oh. There we go. And, uh, and, and he, he's resisting and he's resisting and he's resisting just as Jesus was doing. And yet, uh, she's persistent. And so he just takes off. He flees uh, so quickly, in fact, that she's, hanging, she's left hanging on to his cloak, right? Mm. He's not even like, give me that. He's just like, I got to get out of here. Mm. Mm. And so... Uh, temptation is so powerful. Satan um, is seeking to destroy us. And so resisting, using scripture, fleeing, those are two great things. I mean, there's so much more we could do, right? Just June 14th, we talked about the uh, the armor of God, Ephesians 6. And and you could go back and and the elders talked about all the different um, defensive and offensive weapons we have, but but those are two. Those are two. Um, yeah, so, so I don't know where your mind is at after you're, after you're like wrestling with that, right? Mm. Maybe, maybe you're thinking, I, I feel that. And I, I, I just don't think I can keep on fighting, right? I can't, I can't fight this temptation, this addiction, mm. this depression, mm. this anxiety. Mm. I, I, I'm tired, mm. Right? In, 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 in that situation, I would say Jesus is the answer. You can take your cares and you can give them. He knows what he has been there. He has been tempted mm. and he cares so, so deeply for you. Mm. Maybe you're saying, I feel alone. I feel uncertain about the future. You know, we've been living under this COVID world for months. And it is yeah. uncertain. Yeah. Right? I don't know what the future holds and, and, and maybe that uh, is just, it's really hard, right? There is a depth of relationship that we have mm. in Jesus because he cares for you and guess what? He does know the future. He does know what's coming. And maybe, maybe you're actually feeling good. You're feeling strong. You've been eating your, your beet and zucchini <laughs> smoothie, David? This is for after the service? <laughs> yes. Right? I would say, man, what a sweet place to be. Right? Let's keep on 
pressing on, following the example, right? 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, imitate Jesus. Follow the example of him who pressed on until the end. Because we do not serve a God. We do not serve a God who is far away who doesn't understand what it's like to be tempted, who doesn't understand what it's like Mm. to suffer, Mm. he knows all of those things, right? Just to reread what you read earlier, David, in in Hebrews 4. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect Mm. has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. What a great model to follow, right? But then verse 16, verse 16, this is key, and let's, let's press into what, what, mm-hmm. what next. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy, mercy. and find yeah, grace, grace to help in our time, in our time of need. need. I mean, that is like, what mm-hmm. else but that? And so, I think with that, we, uh, let's, let's pray. Mm-hmm. Father God, you are, you are the both and. You are the, the righteous judge and Abba Father. And Lord, when we wrestle with Jesus in his, his divinity and his humanity, Lord, we, we find a, a powerful, all-knowing, loving, dear, trusted friend who, who can relate to our circumstances, who can understand where we're at, God. And so I just pray, Lord, that as we go out this week, Lord, uh, that we would live in light of that. And no matter where we're at, God, we would know that, that Jesus, uh, there's nothing better. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.